Software Bill of Materials is an ingredients list, essentially. It's a way for us to at least be able to understand what is in our software, what are these components, so that when vulnerabilities are covered, you can quickly look and find where those vulnerabilities are and fix them. That's not something that companies have been able to do. Now it is. Hello there and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky. It's great to have you back. It's a beautiful, bright, sunny day, at least where I am. I'm hoping it is for you too. Thank you again for joining us. I love to uh, read your feedback, which we regularly get. It makes all the difference knowing that the show is making a difference for you. So thank you very much for your wonderful, warm feedback. Now, on today's show, I have the pleasure of welcoming Chief Operating Officer at Cybeat Technologies, Mr. Justin Legger. Welcome to the show, Justin. Yeah, Rick, great to meet you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, my ple- uh, my pleasure, Justin. Now, you and I are going to be talking about supply chain cyber threats and what Cybeats is doing to help their clients take a prevention-first cybersecurity approach to tackling today's cyber threats. Now, there is absolutely so much to unpack here, but uh, it's customary for us to spend a bit of time, Justin, learning a little bit about you and the team uh, behind Cybeats. It's a wonderful organization doing an amazing uh, amount of work, and we're going to be sharing things like tickers and all that sort of stuff later on the show for those who are interested in learning more. But uh, where are you calling in from today, Justin? I'm uh, in beautiful Vancouver Island on the west coast of Canada. Oh, wonderful. I tell you, I have a lot of uh, guests come on the show out of Canada, and uh, every time I hear about the place, I think to myself, I've got to get over there. What's the thing that stands out for you, Justin? Uh, it's got to be uh, the people, Yeah. Um, although <laughs> the nature is not half bad either. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very peaceful place to be. I, mean, I enjoy it. Yeah, I bet. I mean, given given the nature of your work, I think having some downtime and being able to relax in in an environment like that must be must be good. Yeah, I, and I make the most of it. That's for sure. Yeah, what's your thing? Do you like uh, hiking? Um, do you, are you a sports person? What do you do? Yeah, I think everybody on the West Coast uh, has to call themselves a hiker, but uh, my <laughs> thing is uh, surfing. I, I'm very much a, a water guy. Oh, wow. You definitely have to make yeah. your way over to where we live because it's all coastline where I'm at. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, are you a longboarder? Um, I started out with longboarding. I've, I've moved into the shortboarding, but uh, I am what one would call a bit of a kook, a pretty terrible surfer. Uh, but uh, it's it's for me. It's not for everybody watching, right? What are you so I, I, I enjoy <laughs> you, t- you strike yeah. me as a, a big wave type of guy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so is, it something, is it something that you've been doing a long time? Uh, I've, ever since I moved out here, I've, I've, uh, I've gotten into it. You know, like I say, you got to make the most of, of where you're at. And uh uh, yeah, so I, I, I think we're at about five years now. You know, yeah, I started wow. a bit later, but um, it's, it's definitely a key hobby of mine, especially throughout the winter months, which people wouldn't expect, but uh, winter months are when you get out on the water here. Oh, yeah, as long as you've got a, a very thick wetty on, you'll be right. Now, I know full well exactly. that paddling, paddling on the water, regardless if there is any waves or not, Justin, that it's a time of reflection and you, you're very much at one with yourself. Is that important for you just to have that time, time away? I need it. I, I need it. I got to build in that. I call it strategic time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I find when you're you surfing is a sport where you need to let go as much as every little detail counts. You could be an inch too forward on your board or an inch too far back, and you're yeah. gonna you're not gonna catch the wave. Yeah. Um, so the details count, uh, but you have to be able to just let go and trust your body and tr- trust your practice and you know go with the flow. Yep. Uh, so it I, 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 it appeals to me because you're riding that line between um, 
between letting go and precision. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think they, they call something like that the flow state. Um, so trying to get in the flow state is, is good. I find it has long-lasting effects oh, well outside yes. of actually doing the act, right? Yeah, no, I can remember the very first time I stood up. It was You can't explain it to somebody who has never stood up on a surfboard before. But, uh, look, thank you very much for sharing. Now, when you were growing up, uh, where, where, where did you live when you were growing up? I actually grew up on the east coast of Canada. Right. So qu- quite a quite a, a different scene in terms of nature, in terms of culture, uh, in terms of economy. Um, I, it it was a blue collar town that I grew up in, and uh, a, a bit of a different place uh, than most people maybe would think of when they think of Canada. Yeah, well, thank you again for sharing. Now, when we're growing up in those early formative years, we often have people around us that can have an impact on our lives. Did you have anybody who influenced your way of thinking and and your direction, do you think? Yeah, I I come from a really big family um, that was very involved with each other, uh, lots of uh, aunts and uncles, cousins. And um, I was the oldest of my generation. I'm uh, I'm an early millennial. So, you know, it's growing up during the analog age and coming of age as things went digital (laughs) yes and uh you know so i had you know i admit i had a lot of attention growing up uh from the family and um they they all had an impact on me and you know we've got we've got a real collection of uh characters there but um they they all had their part to play yeah absolutely Were were there any pets in the large family of yours Oh yeah, um, my my first pet was a little hamster. Oh. Completely dependent. On, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I'm talking about my hamster right now, but Clyde. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, completely dependent. That was that was maybe not the best uh, pet for uh, a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old, but uh, at any rate, yeah, well, it was look, okay. I think it talks about responsibility of an early age, and I think it does give some context to the core of which we're obviously going to be shifting gears in a moment to talk about uh, yeah. uh, your work at Cybeats Technology. Now, as a Chief Operating Officer, what is actually your mm-hmm. role? What do you get up to there in a day? Yeah, I mean, this can vary so much from company to company. I, I find it's a, it's a role that relates very closely to the surroundings that it's in. So you're playing off the CEO and what the, their strengths and weaknesses are. You're playing to the strengths and the weaknesses of the organization, how established its process is or isn't, what stage of the company it's in. Uh, in the Sideeats context, I would say that my job is very much the cross-functional collaboration within the team, making sure that the technology folks are working well with the sales folks, are working well with the customer success folks uh, across all realms. Um, really helping people uh, and helping to put in place the process that's going to actually make sure that we're getting the most out of everybody's efforts. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing. Normally I talk about the team later in the call, but I think it's timely to, I guess, learn a little bit of, a little bit more right now about the management team and I guess, uh, yeah. you know, who's leading up the, the ship, as it were. Yeah, so uh, we've got a, a very diverse team with, with quite a diverse background. Um, We've also got some folks outside of the management team that are, are really helping us to lead the company as well, both from a, like an industry perspective mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and from a product perspective. Um, we're, we're getting lots of help from our advisory board. Um, our CEO is uh, named Joel Rader. He's, uh, he's coming from our parent company, Scribe, uh, initially working with them, his background. 
is in product development, medical device uh, product development. Uh, so he's uh, he's a bit of a, a tinkerer, an engineer, um, and uh, somebody with with big ideas. And uh, I know I know he's uh, very excited to be working in in this area because everybody sees what a big idea that we have here and and the potential. Um, uh, and I very much spent a lot of my time working closely with him, um, a lot of time on developing strategy mm-hmm. uh, and more time on how are we going to realize that strategy and, and putting it into practice. And I would say that's an, another big part of my role there is, is to help put uh, strategy into action and, and looking for those, str- those tactical wins to mm-hmm. lead to strategic results. Um, but Saudi's uh, is uh, it's a few years old. It was started in 2016. 2016. Uh, yep. Not, yeah, not not by any of us. Um, we uh, you know we, we're definitely coming into it a little bit later. Uh, our chief technology officer, uh, Dimitri Raymond, is the co-founder, one of the co-founders oh. of Saudi's. Yep. Yeah, and he's uh, he's definitely the guy with with the the grand vision for for the product and. The guy who's really closely tied into industry, um, and he—he's a character. He's a bit of a force of nature unto himself <laughs> as well. So, uh, yeah, it's—it—it uh, it, it makes for a very exciting uh, leadership team. Um, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we, we've we've got uh, some other experienced folks um, like our chief revenue officer Bob Lyle. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got a, a deep background in sales, and particularly in the uh, telco space. And our, our CFO Josh Bald, who's a uh, young guy with with lots of proof, lots of energy, and uh, willing to put the time in. So it's uh, it's a good it's a good mix. Me, uh, my background uh, professionally is mainly within the military. Uh, I spent uh, quite a few years in the Canadian Armed Forces, yep. uh, working up. Uh, was a senior officer with with the special forces, and then eventually got out of that uh, into the private sector, and uh, worked in a in what you would typically be considered, you know, a, a large large enterprise, lots of structure, lots of rules, and then found myself uh, in the last couple of years working in a more dynamic environment, which is where I feel a lot more at home. Yeah, thanks again for sharing. Now, I love it when I talk with ex-military personnel because they come to the show with generally a lot of discipline. Tell us a little bit about your experience uh, in the military and what did you take away from it, the one thing? Oh, the one thing. Well, it's it's funny. It's It's been quite a few years but it, that since I left, but it's still something that I think about and reflect on every day. So oh. I, I trying to distill it down into one thing, um, it would be really hard, but... I think as a as a leader in an organization, um, the main one of the main things that I, I took away is that I have a really strong duty to the people that I work with, uh, and particularly those that you know we we typically say work under me or work for me. Yeah. Um, I feel a very strong uh, sense of duty to them and to to our shareholders and to the overall mission that that we're trying to to do here. So uh, duty. A mission focus, uh, you know, pretty typical military stuff that you'd hear yes, guys say yep. or gals say. Yeah, um, but one that I, a couple of the qualities that I think um, that are helping me right now are, are as you say, discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to stay stay on target, keep with it, never give up, no matter how hard it gets. Absolutely, um, yep. That, that is a big differentiator. 
And probably related to that is my ability to manage my negative emotion and try to absorb some of that emotional baggage, um, whether that's with folks in the organization, folks outside of the organization, no matter how pleasant the work environment is, no matter how much fun you're having while you're doing it, there's always yep. going to be tough times. There's always going to be those moments where you're like saying, why am I doing this? <laughs> but uh, hopefully not too many. Um, but uh, I, I find that that's something that I can bring to the team. Uh, and that's definitely something that I, I honed in the military is, Absolutely. is you yep. know, dealing with the hard times, right? Th thank you very much. Now, I would have this similar conversation with all the team at Cybeats if I could, because I think it really brings uh, a differentiator to the My Future Business Show, because it, we know that mechanically businesses don't generally change too much, okay? And But what I do notice is that when we talk to people, it gives them some context about Cybeats and I guess their, their thoughts around how they run their business. So I very much appreciate it, as do the My Future Business uh, audience. Now, I love quality management, I love quality assurance, and I love continuous improvement. <laughs> Tell me how important that is in your world. Okay, well, obviously, uh, you, you need to make sure that you're delivering the products on time, mm -hmm. on budget, and at the requisite amount of quality. So, uh, really, what we're what we're trying to achieve is, and you know, like we could talk about all the different um, all the different standards in place and, de and development methodology, but at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is provide a rock solid experience for our customers. Yep. Um, and and that that requires a lot of forethought. That requires a lot of planning. That requires a lot of uh, getting into the weeds. Uh, and you've got to build a team to do that. So we've you know we've got our quality assurance practice in place. We've got our team. We're actually growing that team right now. Um, it's it's something that we never want to be in a position where we've failed to deliver up to the expectations of the client. Like execution uh, for a guy like me is number one. And, I, and we've, got con we've got consensus about that with, within the team. We'd actually, we'd rather move slower and more deliberate and, and have higher accuracy than move too fast and, and stumble. Uh, which in a lot of businesses, they, you know, that, that they can't do that, they can't afford to do that, they, you know, they don't have the discipline or whatever uh, to make that work for them. But, that is that is part of our our you know our makeup of, your, your of mission. our whole value system. Yeah, yep. we're we're very we must deliver. That Absolutely. is not not negotiable. negotiable. <laughs> Thanks again for sharing. Now we briefly spoke about one of your co-founders and the idea for Cybeats, but I'm wondering if you could talk to that a little bit more. You know, I'm wondering where uh, the idea idea was it because of global events? How did it come about for him? Do you know much about that side of it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's probably fair to, to say we're in a bit of a Cybeats 2.0 phase. Cybeats oh, yeah. uh, 1.0 is very much focused on uh, IoT or Internet of Things um, uh, security. And uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, the company underwent a bit of a pivot, although we are still in that business, and that is still mm -hmm. something we, we develop and work on. Um, we, Dimitri, in particular, was part of some very high-level groups uh, at an industry level, government level, uh, looking into software bill of materials and how that can help secure the software supply chain, um, which requires a whole bunch of context that maybe we can get into. Yeah, sure. Uh, but essentially, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step back then and, and, and provide a bit of that context. Thank you. Um, yeah, so 
everybody's aware that the world runs on software, whether that's at the individual level, at your phone, your computer, or whatever, at the infrastructure level, um, government, everything. The whole world runs on software. And the fact is that nobody really knows what's in all of that software. A lot of software, when it's being developed, made up of a bunch of different components and libraries. Uh, there's a lot of dependencies, interdependencies within those. And nobody goes line by line to look at the code and say what's in. Ah. So, yeah, yeah. It's not that many <laughs> people scary. realize that, yeah, right? Absolutely. But like most, most software out there, uh, a lot of the most software out there, the components, uh, at least some of them, at least most of them usually, come from open sources. And as I said, nobody's going through line by line and finding those vulnerabilities that are that are in that software. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got a situation where more and more uh, nefarious actors, and that could be government, that could be criminal uh, enterprise, whatever, they're looking for these vulnerabilities. And when they find them, they exploit them uh, to the tune of trillions of dollars a year oh, in yes. cybercrime. And you know, we can only guess at what the impact is in terms of actual state actors going after each other, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a major issue and a growing issue. So uh, U.S. government and industry are really looking for ways to try to mitigate that. Yep. And one of these is to actually start to answer the question of what is in our software. So a software bill of materials, coming back to that, is just an ingredients list, essentially. It's a standard. It's a way uh, for us to at least be able to understand what is in our software, what are these components, so that when vulnerabilities are discovered, we can quickly look when you have the right platform or the right tools, mm -hmm. you can quickly look and find where those vulnerabilities are and fix them. Either remove them, replace them, uh, patch them, whatever, uh, address that vulnerability. Uh, that's not something that companies have been able to do. And now it is. But no, it is. that creates a new problem, right? Yep. which is you've got a ton of data, a ton of data. Now, you've got thousands of ingredients lists with who knows what in the new, but you can't read them. No. They're machine readable, right? There's just yep. they're, you know, thousands of pages long. So what do you need? You need something to help you get insight out of that, and that is where Cybeats comes in. So Dimitri had a vision for a product that would allow people to unlock the power of S-bombs and to actually get actionable intelligence out of out of them, uh, that's yeah, that's uh, where we are today. And you know, it takes out the human factor, doesn't it? You know, we've got fatigue as human beings. There's just like you said, so much data. Now, um, tell us a little bit. I guess it's uh, timely for us to talk about SBO, SBOM Studio. Tell us how that came yeah. about. Yeah. So, so SBOM Studio. So this is the platform. Uh, that Cybeats has been working on, that Cybeats has been able to successfully sell to Fortune 500 companies and, mm -hmm. and continues to get commercial traction um, to, as I said, help them unlock the power of SBOM, help give insight into what's in their software, whether that's their software that they're developing, software that their vendors have developed and provided them with an SBOM. Um, that's that's really what SBOM Studio is doing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the, the main effort and the real value uh, that that we're seeing is it, it, it accelerates companies' ability to address those vulnerabilities. Um, you know, when you get a major supply chain attack is what they're called when they go after these vulnerabilities yeah. um, uh, in, the, in the software, 
they'll you've got, you've got an example like log4j where you know it's everywhere but you're not sure where and you've got to spend you know hundreds or thousands of hours of developer time to try to pinpoint exactly where that is so that you can plug the hole um, because anybody can walk in yep, yep. Uh, and and that's really what uh, what our, our software aims to do, which is instead of it taking thousands of hours or hundreds of hours in developer time, is well, just search for it. It'll pop up. In, in, your, in your UX and make it very easy for those who are using it. Now, that leads me to another exactly. point. I'm wondering, um, is it very easy for a new user to understand? And do you uh, serve uh, with this SBOM studio, I guess, the smaller companies? Who is your typical client? I know you talked about Fortune 500. Yeah, so uh, th our vision for this product is that it is the, the SBOM management tool uh, for everyone, everywhere, all the time, um, ubiquitous. Yep. But it's still very early. This is very much, uh, we're very, very early into this. Um, it's the whole market around this is still being defined. The, the standard around it is still being defined. Um, we're, we're still seeing exactly how this is going to play out. But what we are seeing is because the government has really primed the pump in terms of, of uh, adoption through regulation and, well, increasing regulation. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen, seen the FDA, for example, they say, okay, if you want to get a medical, new medical device approved, you're going to have to submit an SBOM oh, for it. Now, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not binding or it's becoming binding in October, whatever. Point is, it's coming. And uh, really, it's large organizations that are in high-risk verticals, uh, yep. like industrial controls, medical device manufacturers, automotive. They see this and they're like, telecommunications, exactly. Financial sector, we've, yep. we've uh, been talking to folks all across these industries. And they don't just see it as a, a compliance thing with government regulation. They see it as, okay, we're protecting our customers we're protecting national security we're protecting our business um there's there's a lot to it like i said the cost of of, of crime in, in cyber is, is trillions of dollars a year and you know we're just one little piece of that but we can help companies point out where those vulnerabilities are when they become discovered uh and you know obviously increasing uh, their ability to respond so the first the first thing that comes to my mind justin is i'm i'm so glad that cybeats exists because they're moving the needle obviously and that we're going to be making sure that people listening to this call are interested in learning more uh, will be able to do that now I, I think to reinforce the point of how important and how significant this is cybersecurity threats they're not a local problem they're a global problem i'd love to talk a little bit about the examples that just popped to mind um you know the likes of huawei we're stopping producing sending in products that are technology driven so this I think somehow relates but then you've also got the recent 3CX software supply chain attack and presumably by the likes of North Korea tell us a little bit about those types of examples and how significant they are yeah so these these are excellent examples of where vulnerabilities uh, uh, can be exploited and how they can work their way into real life you know yeah. not just not just digital right mm -hmm. we've We've got the, you know, from the military, we've got the Army, Navy, and the Air Force, and the Special Forces guys to, to keep us safe in, in the physical world. But, you know, we're all citizens of this digital world. We're completely connected almost all of the time. And so when, you know, when 
vulnerabilities exist, we're all vulnerable. And we put a lot of trust in, in the companies that supply the software to keep, to keep us protected, to keep us safe, to, you know, actually support uh, the phys our physical security as well. So um, they're, they're excellent examples. Um, the supply chain attack in particular is a good one. Um, and as I mentioned before, Log4j, another great example. Uh, yep. You could check that out. Um, these these are, uh, are examples where a lot of software has become very dependent on a certain component. And that component is ubiquitous and has a very serious vulnerability. So th now that you found out about the vulnerability, you didn't know about it, now you know about it, okay, well, then you've got a responsibility to fix it. Uh, so where do we look? And, and that's what we're, we're trying to help people do is, is help them know where to look. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to find it. It's another thing to uh, do something about it, isn't it? So um, with uh, regard to new users, I touched on it a little earlier. Is it, is it um, difficult to learn the interface or is it, or is it largely automated? Um, there's a lot of automation in the system, but it is very much a developer tool or a management tool. Um, we're seeing folks use it in, in different ways, whether it's communicating risk to, to the C-suite or uh, being able to just even understand, okay, answering a question, how many vulnerabilities do we have in our software? Um, well, if you've got SBOMs for that software, we can answer that question for you. Um, but also uh, helping people understand other things like managing actual SBOM data, what's the quality of those SBOMs? Uh, uh, what do you need to actually pay attention to? Because that is becoming uh, the next big problem that we're trying to solve, mm -hmm. and, or I th and in some ways they're solving, is, okay, of all these vulnerabilities, and there's thousands, which yep. one do I actually have to pay attention to right now? What is, what's the 3% that I need to look at today? Because uh, you'll, you'll never get to them all, because um, it's, it's a moving target. So what do we need to, to look at? Uh, but it, it is very much a developer tool. Like I said, big companies have a problem right now because they're the early adopters. Um, of this, and they're the, the ones with the most to lose. But I do see this over time uh, working its way through throughout industry at all levels. And uh, this will be a good way for people to actually be able to store, ingest, share, and manage SBOM data. I'm wondering, is there like a direct comparison between you and how other people in your, your niche, your industry uh, operate? Um, and how is Cybeats different in this respect? Is there any difference? Um, I think the difference comes down to a few qualitative factors. Yep. Um, it, you know, the, the technology, it, it's uh, obviously we've, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve, but um, at the end of the day, we are managing a, a certain type of data. Um, mm -hmm. What I think really makes the difference is just how deep into this that we are and, and how we're keeping our finger on the pulse of it. I would also say that our speed of agility our speed and agility in terms of recognizing customer needs addressing customer needs mm -hmm. specific to this to this area um are are a major differentiator for us uh and i, I think we're coming out ahead right now we're certainly getting the, the commercial traction on that front to to prove that out um 
and I think uh, I, th I think we're we're leading the way in this industry for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I noticed that uh, you know you are getting a lot of uh, traction in terms of commercial success, which is I think very important for anybody who's looking to uh, get further information. Tell us a little bit about uh, how long that journey's taken. Because it, is it is it now exponential? Is it going you know uh, through the roof in terms of take up? Yeah, I was actually looking at, at I was looking at our numbers there just the other day looking for the the hockey stick right oh yeah <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah and uh, basically uh, like I said we're leading the market so it's mm -hmm. it's easy to say like oh well it's you know it's early days and you know we'll, we're gonna start to see some more uptake and on all of that and that I think that's true um, but it's it, it is very much uh, a case of we're, we're not having to explain to folks anymore what is an f-bomb you know, we found out pretty quick that if you had to explain to a potential client what an S-bomb is, like, that's not, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, right? So in no. some cases, especially with our early clients, it did take a while, right? But in a lot of cases, our clients are also the ones that are helping lead the way. And they want a partner to work with uh, to help deliver on this vision that they have around supply chain security. Uh, so we're very much working, uh, we're working closely with, with you know, our clients, other folks in industry, other folks in government to help bring this, you know, to the forefront and get some eyes on it. There are a million different angles to look at cybersecurity and ours yeah. is just one piece. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we believe that, you know, the farther left you look and we're looking at this software supply chain, uh, the more likelihood that you'll be able to get ahead of problems and avoid them uh, to begin with. Absolutely. Now, I, I know there'd be a lot of people interested in learning more and maybe even getting access to the, the platform on, a, I guess, a demo level. Is that available? Is that something people can get access to? So we're, uh, we're, we're not demoing uh, for individuals at, at the moment, um, but uh, we, are, we are definitely interested in, in talking to, uh, to folks um, commercially. Uh, it's, this is not a tool necessarily that at any individual would want to use, like, Hopefully, you don't have to ever think about FBOM ever again, <laughs> uh, other than when you look at your signing stock and, and be glad that you bought some. But um, basically, uh, we're, we're working with, with folks that have a, a present and burning need to solve their FBOM data problem. Uh, so if you've got one of those, then by all means, give us a call. They're, they would be very much self-selecting. You would know who you are, and if you're interested, uh, certainly yes. make uh, sure to reach out to uh, the team. Now, tell me a little bit about the tickers and, uh, I guess, what people will find on the website. Yeah, so uh, our ticker is CYBT on the uh, Canadian Securities Exchange and CYBCF in the U.S. Um, we've just recently... Uh, launched there i believe it was in may uh, in the u.s so just recently we were able to purchase sidebeat stock um my belief it's just my personal belief is we're at the beginning of this we're at the beginning of of the sidebeats wave where uh you know we've got the the government uh prime uh with industry ready. we've got the yeah we've got the commercial traction growing uh and uh you know i think we're I think we're very undervalued, um, and part of that may be due to the fact that we're in Canada and we're a little bit off the beaten track, and you know we're not in Silicon Valley dealing with the the you know the sophisticated investor support that they have there. 
Um, but, uh, you know, we're making a go of it, and the proof is in our product. The proof is in our, our commercial activity. Uh, I, think, uh, I think this can go a long way. It can be a very interesting uh, story for, for Canadian, uh, within the Canadian market, certainly. Um, and though we're headquartered there, we've got a team all over the world. Yeah. Uh, almost all of our clients are in the U.S. We're, we're very much uh, trying to act like a, a global company, but we are headquartered in Canada and we're very proud to be there. Absolutely. Now tell us, uh, where, what is the website domain where people can go and visit to learn more? Certainly. Uh, our website is www.cybeats.com, C-Y-B-E-A-T-S.com. And uh, there you'll get a high-level view of our product. You'll get a high-level view of our leadership team. You'll see our, our very, I think, very impressive advisory group. Uh, we love them. And uh, you'll get a sense of who the folks are and, and what it is we're doing and the problems that we're trying to solve. Yeah, very exciting times. I'm very much uh, excited to learn more, more myself. I'll be making sure to go over to Cybeats.com and checking it out. And if you are on this call, uh, know for sure and certain there is a lot of great information awaiting you. Again, I'll be making that uh, uh, that website link available below this post. No matter where you see this call, you're going to be able to get back to Cybeats and Justin and the team. And with all that, Justin, it's been a wonderful, insightful conversation. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Rick. My pleasure.